Welcome to The Points. This is the show designed to help educate, entertain, and empower you on how to use your travel rewards, credit card points, frequent flyer and hotel points, or whatever it may be to help you get on the way to your next getaway. And we welcome you back to another exciting episode of To The Points. Today, we're going to talk a little bit more about a program that I could say is kind of unique in its own right in Americans' AA Advantage program, which has its own ecosystem on how you earn points and how technically you can earn elite status without even setting foot on the plane. Does it require a lot of spending? Yes. Does it require as much as you think, though? We're going to dive more into the Advantage program in depth on today's episode. But before we do that, as always, if you haven't had a chance to hit that subscribe button and rate the podcast wherever you get your podcast, please feel free to do so. It helps get the show in in front of more eyes and ears. So we can tell you a little bit more about points and miles as well. And of course, if you have any questions about what we do here, please send me an email to Joe to the points at gmail.com. That's joe to the points at gmail.com. Maybe someday we could have joe at to the points.com. That'd be nice. But for now, it's joe to the points at gmail.com. Before we get into that, let's go ahead and get into a little bit of the news. And the first item of business in the news today is some really good news if you have flying blue miles or have the ability to transfer flying blue miles, which is a transfer partner of all four of the major issuers and built rewards too is that now Flying Blue is adding free stopovers on all awards. Now, this was rolled out as a feature specifically on Air France and KLM flights late last year, but now it is rolled out across all SkyTeam members, so this includes Delta stopovers. This could include Virgin Atlantic stopovers as well. Um, Just, again, stopovers for free? That is definitely not a bad way to go about it. So here's how this policy is going to work, according to one mile at a time. In order to book a ticket award with a stopover, you'll have to book by phone, although this will be rolled out eventually online. So you'd have to call right now to get the free stopover, but this functionality will be rolled out online. They are also allowed from on even one-way awards, so you don't even have to have a round trip to have a stopover compared to some other carriers that have this perk, like United, for example. Stopovers can last between 24 hours and up to a year. Of course, that's the maximum validity of a ticket. Now, they're just not valid, as we mentioned, for Air France and KLM, but any Flying Blue partners, um, which could be from China Airlines, Air Callan, Delta, as long as it's a partner with Flying Blue, you're good. And they are allowed on any combination of airlines, as long as the origin and destination are valid for an award. So as long as you have that, you're fine. And they don't have to be at a carrier sub again, as long as the origin and destination are otherwise valid. So this is great news if you have flying blue miles and you want to add a little bit of an extra getaway on your stops. I know this is really good news um, for those who have the ability to transfer a stash of flying blue points, uh, especially since it is a transferable currency for all for the major carriers and built in Marriott as well. The one thing, though, to note is that they do come with fuel taxes, or Flying Blue, I should say, is known for fuel taxes, so keep that in mind, too, that, yes, you may be getting a really good award rate with a stopover, but think about the taxes and fees on that along the way as well. But that being said, 
it should minimize it a little bit and making it more of an intriguing option should you want to go the route of flying blues. So keep that in mind. If you find the fuels tax is worth it, go for it. Staying in Europe, but now looking by sea and river in Amsterdam, as the city council of Amsterdam has now voted to ban cruise ships from the, cent from the city center in order to limit tourism and ease pollution in the Dutch capital. The ban will see the closure of cruise port Amsterdam on the river IJ near the city's main train station, Amsterdam Central Station, but not clear is when this is going to be enforced and closed, as the ship calls do have, or I should say cruise lines do have calls scheduled from Amsterdam until July 2025. And this doesn't surprise me knowing how the city has made more decisions on making things a little less touristy and making it more city friendly and whatnot. I know they've had to relocate some interesting parts of the city a little bit further south or have tighter regulations on that. And also maybe some tourism taxes, etc. They basically said, or I should say, the mayor of the city, Famik Haslima, I totally botched that, but we're going to go with it. She says, we do not want to become Venice or Dubrovnik, where your historical center has become a closed theme park. In the future, it has to be a livable part of the city. So quite simply, um, yeah, they are trying to not make this a party city, which Amsterdam has a tendency for being known that, but credit for the city council of really taking these steps to try to disenforce that. But if you are looking to do a cruise in Europe, Amsterdam may uh, not be your port of call that you will have access to, potentially. After the infamous meltdown that United had at its Newark hub, they are now taking more initiatives to try to fix Newark up to at least get it not in meltdown mode is what we've seen this summer. As the airline, according to the points guy, will follow four new initiatives to improve the New York operation, according to airline president Bret Hart. It plans to reduce the total number of flights and move some scheduled flights to off-peak hours, open six new gates at Terminal A, adjust aircraft schedules to have more aircraft operate out and back instead of following in a line of flying on a given day, and thus avoiding a cascade of disruptions to the rest of its network, and start increasing the resources and crew scheduling and accelerating the introduction of various automated and tech-based tools. So effectively, it looks like they are going to be doing a bunch of back and forth and following in a line out of Newark, which is good because, again, this was the center of the United meltdown this past summer that affected uh, nearly everybody on the East Coast that was flying United and throughout the country as well due to the weather delays, so I think it's a good move that they are taking the steps and initiatives to at least go out and back. Plus two is someone who has flown through Newark once. Once is really all you need, and that's about it. Seattle-Tacoma International Airport has long been known as one of the most popular airports on the West Coast, but did you know that there's a second smaller airport in Seattle, or the Seattle area, we should say? Yes, it's, it was called Painfield, but now, as of this past week, according to TPG, it is now known as Seattle Painfield International Airport to make more travelers aware of the second busiest airport in the city's metropolitan area. Now, currently, they only have Alaska Airlines flights that go in and out from the West Coast, but they do plan to add a Honolulu flight coming up later this year as it stands. And they've had other operators there in the past, such as Southwest and United, but Alaska is currently the only commercial carrier in and out of Painfield right now. But that being said, if you do look to fly or find some availability out of Pain to go to Hawaii, this could be a very good sweet spot 
should you find it um, out of pain field to Hawaii and plus other West Coast destinations as well. San Francisco, Los Angeles, Santa Barbara, I think, is in there as well. So good move. And hopefully we might see a little bit of more growth at pain field or Seattle pain field now, we should say. Finally, let's talk a little bit about Avianca Airlines, Colombia's flag carrier in South America. They've now reinstated more business class routes. They took away business class on several of their routes, but they're now reinstating it on key routes beginning August 15th, which includes Bogota to Buenos Aires, Bogota to Miami, Bogota to Sa Sao Paulo, and San Salvador to Miami. And they've already restored business class earlier in July from Bogota to Los Angeles. So, if business class is going to be operated by an Air 3, Airbus A330 or Boeing 787, it will only be sold if it is on, those routes will only have business class if it's on those two carriers, which is great news to hear. Now, check your food on Avianca as well, according to One Mile at a Time, as a traveler posted pictures that it, they were served moldy fruits, that's right, moldy fruits, on a business class flight, which is just quite simply unacceptable. And I, and not to mention too, the passenger also got sick after eating some of this moldy food on their flight from Colombia to Spain. Well, they mentioned that there was a language barrier and there were some other issues that came with this. It's still no excuse that you're serving moldy food. You have to check your food quality. Even if the airline does it from time to time, you got to check your food quality too and then call them out immediately. Avianca has not done a thing as of yet to remedy this for the traveler. And honestly, who knows if they will. So Avianca, restoring business class, but uh, check your food. All right. And now let's get into the meat and the bones for today's podcast. It is all about an advantage. And that is, of course, American Airlines Advantage Program, which I've got to tell you, it is becoming more of one of the more valuable programs day in and day out because of its unique status of how you're able to accrue miles and loyalty points, but also to how it's a little more difficult to get those loyalty points than being able to transfer them in through other avenues, such as chase points you could transfer to United or Southwest, or American Express points, you could transfer those to Delta. AA doesn't have those as it stands, but they do all have two credit card issuers, City and Barclays. We'll talk more on them in just a minute. But of course, American Airlines is one of the leading, one of the big four um, in U.S. domestic carriers. They're also a part of the One World Alliance, which includes the following partner airlines, Alaska Airlines. We talked about them a little bit earlier. British Airways, Cathay Pacific, Fiji Airways, Finnair, Iberia, Japan Airlines, Malaysia Airlines, Qantas, Qatar Airways, Royal Air Maroc, Royal Jordanian Airlines, and Sri Lankan Airlines. So they also partner with other airlines, a handful of other airlines, including Air Tahiti Nui, Cape Air, China Southern, Etihad, Gol, Hawaiian, Indigo, JetBlue, for now at least, and Silver Airways. So, again, these partners are definitely useful, and they have their useful sweet spots, which we'll get to in just a second when we talk about redeeming your AA miles, but they do have some very good sweet spots and really just great availability um, when you kind of may or may not need it the most. 
Um, I can tell you from my personal experience, um, since we live, or like I said, I live in Columbia, Missouri right now. The only airline that's flying in and out of our town is American, and it's only to and from two of their hubs in Chicago and Dallas-Fort Worth. But opposite sides, Kansas City, St. Louis, one east, west, and east sides of the state, respectively, um, they do have a healthy array of AA flights to and from all of their major hubs and to some of their domestic focus cities. So you may be asking, what are those? Um, obviously, we mentioned Dallas-Fort Worth. That's the headquarters. That is the key gateway for many American flights. But there's also Miami International, which has become even more of a major hub for American as of late. Charlotte International Airport in Charlotte, North Carolina, formerly was the home of U.S. Airways, but then when American bought that, became an American hub. Phoenix Sky Harbor International Airport, again, that was home of an airline that merged eventually with AA and U.S. Airways. Before that, it was the home of America West. Now, that too is an AA hub. Los Angeles has been a key gateway for American for many years, so technically designated as a hub. Same thing for Chicago as well. And then just decent availability, or I should say a really good majority of flights coming out of LaGuardia, but only domestically and only for flights under 1,900 miles per um, the LaGuardia perimeter rule. And they also have a lot of flights going in and out internationally out of JFK, along with its One World Partners. They are trying to increase a little bit in Seattle thanks to the partnership with Alaska, but we haven't seen as many American flights added into Seattle as we would have expected once they started partnering with American. But if you really take a look and you're trying to fly into the South or Latin America or Caribbean, American is probably going to be your best bet to do that with or your primary carrier to do that with. But again, they also have partner airlines that you could redeem your Advantage miles on. Um, again, they use dynamic pricing for a vast majority of their routes, so doesn't really have a, an award charge. Most domestic carriers don't anymore. But for partner airlines, they do. Which for partner airlines, I'm going to give you one example. You could fly on Qatar Airways from the United States to the Maldives or South Africa for only 40,000 points. That includes a stop in Qatar, one-way in economy. If you want to get that in business class, it's 70,000 AA miles. So that is really one of the sweet spots that they have in regards to using your AA miles on international partners. Of course, there are several options that you can use them on. Again, Alaska Airways, I believe that's a flat 12.5, 12,500 miles anyway that you go domestically. So... If you find a domestic route that Alaska flies to and it's cheaper to do to spend your AA miles on that than American metal in and of itself, not a bad redemption too, especially for some of those Hawaii flights should you find availability. That's at least some of the ways that you can redeem your flight, your points, I should say, on American. Um, but again, however you find however you find value in American and really any carrier is completely up to you. I think when I talk about availability of flights, too, is that we've been lucky enough to have a flurry of American flights continue to grow in our neck of the woods and even have availability on the flights, even have flight availability, even in cash the day of um, if you have to book an American flight last second. I can tell you over New Year's um, last year, whenever Southwest had its infamous meltdown, 
American was there to save the day as it had a flight that took us from St. Louis to Dallas and then Dallas to Las Vegas. Had to work at the Capital One Lounge. Gee, that stinks. I'm just kidding. It was awesome. And then flew to Vegas from there and ended up getting there three hours earlier than we anticipated on Southwest. And then again, earlier this summer, whenever Emily and I went to San Francisco, our United flight was rerouted to Omaha and didn't fly into Kansas City until later in that day, thus delaying our flight till 5 p.m. And we weren't having that. So we found an American flight that took us from Kansas City to Phoenix and then Phoenix to San Francisco at a pretty good cash rate, too. And we were able to redeem some Capital One miles to offset that cost a little bit. So even if you're not using not using um, American miles on your flights, um, since, again, you have to keep in mind uh, dynamic pricing, that changes every now and again, It they still have some really good availability and sometimes a little bit cheaper than you would imagine, too. So... Keep that in mind. If your travel plans go awry, American usually has a pretty healthy schedule to help you out. Now you may be asking, how do I earn American miles? Well, you can do it from a variety of factors. You can obviously earn American miles by flying on American. Of course, if you don't have status, that's five miles for every dollar. These are all before taxes, but taxes and carrier fees. Five miles for each dollar spent. If you have gold status, that's seven miles. Platinum, eight Platinum Pro, 9 miles, and then the Elite Executive Platinum, you get 11 miles per dollar spend. You can also earn on partner airlines as well, but of course, that's based on the fare class of your ticket. And again, this would have to be a cash fare, not something that you could book in miles and re-earn. Um, so again, this would depend on how many miles that you get per flight and loyalty points too. So Keep in mind, they also use a system called loyalty points in determining your elite status. But for now, we're just going to be focusing on miles in and of themselves. American Airlines credit cards. As I mentioned, there are two issuers that they work with, City and Barclays. Um, there are cards that range from a no annual fee to its now $595 um, executive card, which gets you Admirals Club's access, which is American's lounge network. Um, there's also a great $95 annual fee card right in the middle of both City and Barclays that gets you a free bag and do get you a healthy amount of, of bonus miles when you sign up for the card. So we're just going to run these down real quick. As we mentioned, the Executive Wor World Elite, that's 50,000 miles after you spend 5,000 on purchases. The earning rates on those are going to be going up to four miles per dollar on American purchases, um, for example. And I believe there's going to be a multiplier on gas for that one, too. Um, either gas or office supplies. Um, again, go check out the last episode for more information on the new card. Uh, but that's 50,000 miles after you spend 5,000 on purchases. But that annual fee is going up to five ninety-five. For the Platinum Select World Elite MasterCard, the $95 annual fee... You can earn 50,000 bonus miles after spending $2,500 in purchases in the first three months of your account. There's also a business version of that as well, where you could earn 65,000 after spending $4,000 on purchases within the first four months of having the card. On the personal, you could earn two, two AA Advantage miles per dollar on gas stations, restaurants, and AA purchases. For the business, it's two miles on eligible telecom merchants, cable and satellite providers, car rentals, and gas stations. You're going to get that 2x option. And they do offer a no annual fee card as well, including 
which is the mile up card, which you could earn 10,000 bonus miles and a $50 statement credit after spending $500 on purchases within the first three months of opening your account. You also do get two AA Advantage miles on grocery store and eligible AA purchases um, with the mile up card. For the Barclays cards, there's really only two options out there commercially available as it stands. One, the Red World Elite MasterCard through Barclays, which is 50,000 bonus miles after making your first purchase within 90 days and paying the annual fee. And then it's just two Axe Auto-American purchases. And the Aviator World Elite Business MasterCard, which has an interesting sign-up bonus where you can earn 50,000 AA Advantage bonus miles after spending 4,000 in purchases in the first 90 days an additional 25,000 bonus miles after spending 10,000 in the first 12 months. You also earn 2.2 AA Advantage miles per dollar on office, telecom, car rental, and AA purchases. So a lot of options out there if you do want to get an AA credit card to help you build up those stashes. Um, really, that's a, a great way to do that. Another great way to do it, you can transfer built rewards points because AA does not have any partners that you can transfer your points in and out except for built rewards. So if you have a built card, you could transfer your points in and out of that as well. There's other options you can earn AA Advantage miles and loyalty points, which include the AA Advantage shopping portal, which often at times have a lot of 2X, 2x loyalty points and then more on top of that. So um, if you get a chance to install even a widget on Chrome, that can definitely help you earn more miles that you might be missing out on. And the best part, you don't have to use an AA credit card on top of that to do so. You can still continue to earn, use a card that you primarily want to use on your points and miles journey or a preferred or really just an or even double down on more AA purchases if you want to use an AA card. Um, always use those shopping portals um, to your advantage. This is the one airline where I would absolutely recommend that you do so. So keep that in mind. Other ways you can get AA miles too include AA Advantage Dining and through travel partners as well. Of course, it depends on partners. Hyatt, you can earn 500 miles each day. IHG, earn up to two miles per dollar spent at select hotels. Same thing in Marriott. Rocket Miles, you can earn up to 10,000 miles a night. And AA Hotels, it's a new hotel booking platform. You can earn up to 10000 per night as well. So keep that in mind if you are trying to earn AA Advantage miles. Now, of course, the big thing is, is status and loyalty with American. And there are four levels of loyalty status that you can have um, with American Airlines. But the key is it's not the normal, like, one mile, one point that you would earn. It is loyalty points. So if there's any offers that have bonus miles, these will not help you get on the way to get you elite status. But if you know how to use the system correctly, aka utilizing the dining, utilizing the shopping portals, you could get a lot closer to that loyalty point threshold um, should that time come. So there's four levels of loyalty status. There is AA Gold, which is 40,000 loyalty points. AA Platinum, which is 75,000 loyalty points. Platinum Pro, 125,000. And then Executive Platinum, you can earn 200,000 loyalty points. As a gold member, you're going to get 40% status mileage bonus, complimentary main extra cabin seats at check-in when available, and complimentary preferred seats at booking when available, along with one free checked bag. Platinum, the benefits go up even more because you get two free checked bags 
and complimentary main cabin extra when you book. Platinum Pro, again, same thing, except with three checked bags on itineraries marked and operated by American. And then finally, Executive Platinum, you get 120, 120% status mileage bonus, complimentary main cabin extra, and preferred seats at booking, and again, three extra checked bags. Platinum, you get 60% of the mileage bonus. Platinum Pro, you get 80%. And of course, all AA Advantage Elites have access for complimentary upgrades on flights within and between the United States, Canada, Mexico, the Bahamas, Bermuda, the Caribbean, and Central America for themselves and one companion. But only Executive Platinum members get complimentary upgrades on award flights. So if you're redeeming on an award flight and you're an elite member, you're not going to get that upgrade. But if you're paying cash, there's a good chance that you might. So keep that in mind as well. And there's also now a new level of loyalty point rewards um, statuses that you can meet from earning as little as 15,000 loyalty points all the way up to um, 3 million, 5 million loyalty points. Um, we will attach the link um, courtesy of the points guide to let you know once you hit those loyalty point markers of what you're eligible to get. I know right now 15,000 loyalty points is already going to be coming soon for myself, which that includes group five boarding for the membership year. And you can choose one of the options, five preferred seat coupons or priority check-in security and group four boarding for one trip. So not sure which one um, I'm going to choose on those, but again, I think, um, you know, it's nice that they're even rewarding even the smallest of members from time to time. Of course, 40,000 points, you get gold status. 60,000, you get Avis Preferred Plus status and 20% loyalty bo point bonus on spending with the following partners, which include AA Vacations, Hotels, the Shopping, Dining, and Simply Miles portals. So there's a bunch of different status levels that they've implemented. I think it's definitely an interesting chase to go after. But again... The thing with loyalty points and spending with AA is that you could spend up to $40,000 on your credit card and get gold status, but you don't have to have any flights in the air. Other major carriers, you do. Southwest, Delta, United, you name it. Um, but American really wants to try to encourage more spending within its own ecosystem, if you will. So that is one thing that I see as an advantage to trying to get at least gold status is that if you know you can find some multipliers on the dining portal, if you can find multipliers on the shopping portal and really just find some AA fares that can help you get on the way, you might hit gold sooner than you think. Um, and again, too, part of my point strategy kind of moving forward is that for any major expenses, whether it be mortgage, utilities, etc., we just want to hammer the AA card a little bit just so we can make sure we have enough in the tank. Now, I mean, I, there's also some looks saying, well, why aren't you using a car 2X like Capital One Venture X or uh, American Express Blue Business? Those cards do have a time and place, and I definitely hammer those down pretty well too. But I think the big thing about AA Advantage is that there is no transferable partner outside of Built and Marriott at a three to one ratio. That is, um, that's crucial. And I think also having a stash of AA points available 
if you absolutely need them to get somewhere due to another carrier canceling or if your plans change whatsoever, having enough AA miles in the stash and not having the ability to transfer in there is critical at least um, for, for at least my points and miles journey because uh, the availability that AA has on flights is second to none. Um, now, they don't have the best hard product in the sky compared to some other carriers, but they have the availability. They're kind and courteous, or at least most crews we've had have been kind and courteous um, to us, and I think it's they, they do a lot of good. They're definitely average on some of the snacks, but... Um, again, the availability of point A to point B and making sure it's a comfortable, comfortable ride the entire way. Um, and the partner availability too, to, again, the Middle East and Asia is very good for American, um, and, and just kind of a steal too. I know we mentioned the 40,000 points to go in economy to the Middle East and 70,000 to, um, in business class in the Middle East. But also to Asia and Tokyo, you could find, if the availability is out there with partners, a first-class seat on Japan Airlines for 80,000 points. Most carriers are selling that for 200,000 points um, on their own medals. So the availability that you can find on AA, should you find it at the right time, it is absolutely right for the taking. So... That's another reason why I always try to keep a healthy stash of AA miles in the tank and, again, just hammer that down um, for constant things just so we can make sure that if we have to redeem for a quick one-way flight, we're not losing our entire stash. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised, too, if at some point um, we got another AA card just to add a little bit more onto it, but... Again, there are some restrictions with card issuers that do have the AA cards. I know one, for example, City AA Advantage cards. You are not eligible to get a sign-up bonus if you have opened or closed an AA card within the past, I believe it's 48 months. It used to be 24 months. I could be wrong, um, but I know City has a 48-month rule on one of its products, and I think that is AA. I'll have to check back with you on that. Now, of course, cons, as I mentioned on AA, a bunch of their domestic aircraft does not have in-flight entertainment. It is a bring-your-own-device situation, similar to Southwest, um, since there are a few domestic um, models that are planes that do have screens on, and I know the A321 does, but most of them do not have um, screen-back entertainment, so... You'll want to bring your own device if you want to stream their in-flight entertainment offerings. Wi-Fi, depending on how long your flight is, that's how much the Wi-Fi is going to be. Um, and again, the route network, it's one of the best in the country, can pretty much get you to any major or mid-major city in the United States. Um, and great um, Central and Latin and South America availability too, um, or gateway cities to South and Latin America. The lounge network they have, again, it is one that you have to pay for, and you could do a pay-per-visit, but that is now shooting up to $75 per visit every time that you access the Admirals Club. I believe that's going to be starting in August. And then, um, which at that point, if you have access to another lounge on your Platinum Card or Priority Pass, I would use that unless you absolutely have to buy Admirals Club access, which I'm not saying it's not worth it. It's um, They do have some good lounges, but you'll want to be 
in the major cities to have a better updated lounge experience. The one in St. Louis uh, can be a little bit left to, left to be desired. So final thoughts, again, AA, because of its unique ability to earn miles and loyalty points at really high multiples, but also the unique ability that there are very limited transfer partners and both niche transfer partners that I wouldn't consider even moving AA miles to, um, make it a very interesting program for redemptions and at times can be cheaper to redeem in AA miles than compared to some of its other competitors. But they do want to encourage spending in the ecosystem that they have so you can be a loyalty customer. Isn't that, isn't that funny how it works? So they try to keep bringing that loyalty back to you. So anyway, that'll do it for this week's episode of To The Points. Next week, I did have a little bit of a tease in talking about a certain product having a 40-month, 48-month um, no-bonus window for certain products. That is the credit card carrier we are going to be talking about next week. We'll be talking about City Thank You Reward Points and how it, too, being a little bit unique of a program, has some very good sweet spots and some interesting products to boot to help you boost your Thank You Reward Points. So join us next week for that. If you haven't had a chance to hit that subscribe button or rate, comment on this show, please feel free to do so wherever you get your podcasts. It helps grow the show in front of more eyes and ears to spread the word even more and more about points and miles. Next week, we are going to be talking about City Thank You Rewards, and I hope you'll join us for that next episode. If you haven't had a chance to go through the archives, we've got a bunch of great topics that we talk about too. Until we chat again and pod again, I'll see you on your next trip. Thanks to the points.